Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Anita, today is the day. Yes, I can't wait. Mel, who are we talking to? Okay. So, well, first of all, before we introduce this guest... I know that previously on the podcast, I've talked a little bit about how I've volunteered with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Of course, that's here in Utah, and it's a national or maybe international. I don't know. We'll talk about that uh, organization, but we have somebody here with us that works for them and uh, is the best, and this is who I check in with all the time for my portion of volunteering, and I think that it would help a lot of widows that have kids or possibly widows and widowers that need something to volunteer for. So we're here to talk about that. Welcome our friend, Rachel. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. So very, very excited. And I've certainly loved getting the chance to work with Mel. And I think that sometimes we talk when we're on the phone maybe 25% about what's going on with your match and 75% about what's going on with our lives. So I'm grateful for that as well. So that we get to know each other along the way. So yeah. yeah so we're all friends here and I happen to know Rachel has friends who are widows. So we've had some good conversation. So yes, when I was, and I was just kind of actually trying before I got on here and I didn't get to it, but to pull up the date, my best friend went to high to kindergarten together and, um, 
she and I have been friends our entire lives. And five years ago, six years ago, her husband passed away unexpectedly. He had a pulmonary embolism. Um, Yeah. And passed away unexpectedly. And she, she and I have kids of similar ages. And so kind of seeing that and navigating that, um, and it was, it was devastating for everybody. So I, you know, unfortunately I know it's a club that none of you want to be in and she did not want to be in. And, um, for me, just trying to figure out how to support and the, you know, I learned there's no right thing you're going to say, but I learned there's a lot of wrong things you can say, but I, <laughs> that was my, that's what I learned sitting next to her with people trying, trying to offer comfort and I'm like, okay, next and next, next person's we're moving this along. <laughs> that was my You're role. like the stage manager for widows that we all need one of those. Yeah, there you go. So like true. it's time to move on. Thank you. Thank you for showing up and on to their next thing. So, yeah. And bye. Exactly. So, um, so that is my unfortunate experience with young widows and then just kind of have been still very close with her. Her youngest daughter's getting married coming up. We're going to a shower this weekend and just seeing them navigate life. So barf, that stuff's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's a whole thing. So exactly. Um, on the other thing, so big brothers, big sisters. Um, so I've been working for them for six years. My, um, so I started off in corporate America out of college and was going to take over the world and then had a family and stopped working outside the home for a while. Um, when I was in college, I was, and I was corporate America. I was all in corporate America. I'm going to take over the world, wear a power suit. That's what we did. People of my generation, we threw on our Navy blue power suits and we're going to go all work for IBM. (laughs) Did you wear sensible shoes with your power suit? No. no. Heels. Oh, okay. No sensible shoes. No. Nylons. Fully committed. I was committed. Nylons. (laughs) And, and just though in the shoe, my first job, out of college was with Energizer Battery Company. And I showed up the first day in my navy blue power suit. And I'm with my boss and I'm making a great impression with my leather, burgundy leather briefcase, right? And I'm wearing um one navy and one black shoe. So that was oh. my <laughs> that's, that's how that started. Did I even and they were somebody's like, well, did you buy the same shoe, different colors? I go, no, they were different heel heights, even like it was anyway, crushed that right there. So kind of peg leggy. I know. Right. And I didn't even notice because I was so nervous and ready to make a good impression. But, um, but so when I had my children, I was traveling quite a bit, decided to stay home with them. When I was in college, I, uh, the sorority that I belonged to our philanthropy was called CASA. So I don't know if you're familiar with CASA. It's stands for court, court appointed special advocates. And, we go into court and we advocate for kids um, who have been removed from their homes for abuse and neglect. So children, when they go into courts, you have people who represent the state with the guardian ad litem and the, and the um, district attorneys. And then you have people who represent the parents, but the kids really don't have their own voice in court. And so it is a fully volunteer organization. So I started doing that when I um, left my job home with the kids and did that. So that's really what kind of got me into child advocacy. Um, and then worked on school board. I'm giving you all my resume, but this is how we came to big brothers, big sisters. So <laughs> well, and I, I think that's important. To, like, I know that some of our widow friends have volunteered for CASA before. Yeah. It's so. a big, yeah, it's a bit, it's a, it's a phenomenal organization and just another avenue 
um, to advocate for kids and work with kids. It's heavier, I think, than what I do with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Casa, we are in there because um, the courts have, have mandated that we need to be in there versus Big Brothers, Big Sisters. All of the children in our program are recommended by a caring adult in their life. So a parent, guardian of some sort, or maybe a teacher, therapist, but you have to have a partnership with the parent or guardian of that child. So it's not quite the heavy thing. Um, so when I, I'll get, when I decided to then go back to work, so volunteered with CASA while home with the kids and then, and then worked in education for a bit. And then one day somebody said, would you like to start getting paid? Cause I was very good at volunteering and doing all sorts of things like that. And it was with big brothers, big sisters. And so that was six years ago. And I started off part-time as what's called a match support specialist and or mentoring specialist. So I, when people are matched such as Mel and her little, um, then we go in and they are supported by a professional, a professional person to help support the match to kind of say, Hey, um, let's not, you know, it's relationship support activity ideas, um, helping them work on communication because our our volunteers are bigs in the they're called bigs in the program. They need to be communicating with the parent and guardian of the child as well as the child. We always have to have that triangulated communication for safety. Um, and so sometimes if a parent is going, hey, my big isn't, you know, my child's big isn't communicating with me, or vice versa. If Mel's like, hey, my little's mom won't call me back and I'm trying to plan an activity. We help kind of encourage that along and smooth out some of the bumps in those relationships that can happen um, as well as, you know, our, our really our primary job. And thankfully it's what we focus on the least or it's what we have to do. The least is child safety, because of course we want to make sure that our children are in a safe environment, but we also want to make sure that our volunteers are in a safe environment and our parents are comfortable and feel that everything is going okay with their child. So um so that was six years ago. And then this year, uh, I just, we just kind of have a new program enhancement called Big Futures. So all of our high school kids, um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America realize that there really is kind of a, um, there's really kind of an extra need for our high school age kids because, so as Mel can tell you, when, when our volunteers start off in our community based program, which is what Mel and her little are in, they're going out into the community and they're doing activities and they're meeting two to four times a month is what our, is what we ask of them. Um, as they get into high school, high school kids become teenagers, as you may be aware, any of you who have teenagers out there and they have jobs and they have moods and they have lots of, you know, arguments with their parents' guardians and they have a whole other thing going on along with, Hey, high school's coming to an end what's our plan? You know, what, what are we going to do? And that is the now high school age kids. So the, the program is called big futures. And so that is where we're consolidating most of our high school kids to work with one match support specialist, which is me. And I'm really excited about that. I have three kids in college and help them navigate, um, getting into college. And, and I thought to myself throughout really kind of child advocacy, but I just thought, you know, my kids had, parents who could help them figure this out. And it was still very challenging. So I cannot imagine parents who also want or guardians such good things for their kids and their English second language or first generation or have never been to college themselves. And it can feel like such an intimidating process. And so we're there to help um, them navigate that as well. So that is the Big Futures program. Yes. 
Can we back up? And can you tell us, I think most people have probably heard about Big Brothers and Big Sisters, but can you tell us what it is? I know, what let's the, go. What the yeah. purpose? Right, 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 right. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the whole concept is one-to-one mentoring. So we really believe that if every child in the world had somebody who was just kind of their champion, somebody in their corner, somebody saying, hey, I believe in you. Hey, let's figure this out. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, will um, the kids in our program have some sort of gap in their life. I will say sometimes it's two working parents who are both working just to make ends meet. And they know that they want a little extra something for their child to have somebody who could just kind of help them out and spend some time with them because they can't, if it's, I think we have half of our kids are single parents are, have are in a single parent home. Um, half more than half of our kids live in poverty, um, more than half of our kids in Utah are children of color, BIPOC, um, minority, fall into a minority category. Um, but it really is about the one-to-one mentoring. Here in Utah, we have three different programs. We have community-based. So that is our volunteers are matched with a child and they kind of pick them up at their home and they go out and they do, we're going to go bowling. We're going to go skateboarding. We're going to go you know, go into the movies together. We're going to go do some sort of an activity. Um, we also have a mentor 2.0 program, and that is you as a volunteer have to have a college education. These are for kids who are in high school and know that they want to go on to college or some sort of secondary education. Um, and so then those volunteers are meeting them at a high school once a month, but then they are working with them through, it's called this iMentoring app, but they're, you know, checking in with them every week and asking them about, you know, again, tell me about your grades, tell me about school, tell me about what's going on there. And then we also have a site-based program where it's kids who are in elementary school and those, their volunteers, the the volunteers who are in the site-based program, they're meeting with these kids for about an hour once a week at their elementary school in their school. So the whole concept of it is one-to-one mentoring, um, again, a big brother and a little brother, big sister, little sisters. So that's the overall of it. Did that answer your question? Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But the Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Yes, and I just had the funniest thought. You can tell me (laughs) if this is an accurate comparison. Um, I'm thinking to myself that the number of kids you're able to serve is limited based on the number of volunteers you have. Correct. So is it kind of like when you sign up to get a new lung or a new kidney, <laughs> like you have to wait? Yes. For, 
perfect comparison to be available. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. That is exactly correct. We it's serve great. currently, I know, right? And it really, and that's, that's probably, we will serve as many, we definitely have more volunteers or sorry, more children than we have volunteers. Oddly, I'll just give fun fact during the pandemic that flipped a little bit because COVID made everything go upside down on its head, right? Um, but right now we serve about a thousand children is who we are, are part of our program. And we have over 110 who are currently on our waiting list. The majority on our waiting list are boys, which is just kind of an interesting. So girls do not wait as long. Um, and girls can only be matched with female volunteers and boys can be matched with male or female, depending on the request of the boy. So the I didn't realize that last part. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So most, I will say of our boys want a male volunteer, like they want a big brother. So, but I have had a few little brothers who have big sisters and they're thrilled with that as well. If that's what they know going into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everybody, this is not. <laughs> to be taken lightly, um, which I think is really good, especially if you're a parent, uh, you know, that maybe wants to get your kids into the program, because this was a long vetting process. Yes. Actually, yes. it was so long, I'm going to have to ask you how it went. <laughs> I just remember it was long, and I had to do a lot of things. And I just remember going through that and thinking, okay, this isn't just like you just send your fingerprint, you know, go to the police station, put your fingerprints in and then do a background check. It's like there's interviews. You have a whole online thing you have to get through. I remember talking to somebody and they would ask me questions about how I might handle certain situations. There was another thing which I think was really helpful and helped it uh, so that my little and I were paired really nicely together. I don't do well with uh, behavioral issues. And especially because when I was signing up for this, I'm like, I'm fresh out of trying to survive widowhood, right? I want help. But if a kid has a strong personality that and, and mine is not as strong, I'm more of like a fun aunt, like we're kind of like BFFs. I don't do well if they're going to start hitting me or something or having a and very accurate description, Mel, of you are a fun aunt. Like Mel is fun. She's fun big sister, but she is fun, like big fun for, for her little. Yeah. Thank you. So <laughs> I, I just remember. So, and I was laughing at myself when I would hear myself answering some of the questions. And it was like, is there any circumstance in which you would feel uncomfortable with your little and you know and it made me name some things off and i was like yes i just don't want to be hit or kick because i can't manage it i'm not a good behavioral <laughs> person <laughs> right. you know right. so anyway uh and then eventually i don't think we had to wait too long to get matched but my little and i feel like we're a perfect match mm -hmm. I, re I remember her mom saying that uh her mom had been going through a divorce and then one of her kids she signed up for big brothers big sisters and then the mom repartnered and remarried. And she thought that would be great for all of my kids to be able to participate in the program because they saw the benefits that it was for her, for their oldest kid that was in it before. And so, um, so my kid comes from a, a two parent home and also another two parent home because now, you know, both parents are remarried and it's been a really, a really cool thing to see how how that can be for a, a child in their life, how it is helpful for me. Like I've gone through a lot of 
hell, which everyone on the podcast knows. Rachel knows because we have to check in. <laughs> My little's mom knows, and and she's really, you know, not that this whole thing is about me, but it's like even if you do have hard things going on in your life, it's like big brothers, big sisters works with you. It's like yeah, it's an organization, it's a nonprofit, it's it's doing this thing, but everybody is a human that's doing in in their capacity in this, and so it's been really cool to see how their family has been so kind to me, how I've tried to be there for, for my little, how Rachel has been there for both me and for their kids, you know, and it's like really good communication. And so, and with our friends who are widows, I just know that there's extra help that needs to be done. And Anita, you can speak to this too. Sometimes when, uh, some of my friends that or they're like, what can I do to help Anita? She has four kids. I'm like, I don't know. She says they need X, Y, Z. But then at the same time, she's like, my kids are not going to be comfortable with just anybody doing X, Y, Z. Like, it's really important that they trust the person or that they're in our circle. And th these kids are grieving. They're missing their other parent. You know, I'm wondering if you could speak to our friends who are widows about the process of them getting their their kid or kids enrolled, what some questions or concerns are. Anita, maybe you can chime in. All of those I just things. want to know how you get on the transplant list. Like <laughs> how you get your lung. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to donate my uterus for science because I don't need it. I think I have an extra kidney. I think I'm good. So yeah. There we, yeah, yeah. No. Um so I appreciate you sharing again your process of of because I I think as and again I have children. So certainly as you are thinking, would this be something to your, to your widow friends saying to enroll my child in? And how do I know it's safe? How do I know? Who? So there is a very intense process for our volunteers to be vetted. Number one, you know, and including all sorts of interview questions, we check references, you give us references, and then we check those references. It's not just to sometimes Oh, thank you for your references. And then your friends who you really agonize over, should I put them on my reference list or not? And then they're like, nobody ever called me anyway. So, and then we also run criminal history checks and then those background checks, we repeat those every, and I don't know the, but it's every few years, those background checks are um, reviewed again. And so we have to, you know, go and look at them again. Um, so there is, there is that the, um, and then we also, you know, it's not for all children. Like I will say that too. So for you, Mel, as understandably hesitations as a volunteer, there's like, you know, there's some kids I could work with and maybe there are some I not, I wouldn't do as well with, and that can make people feel really bad. And I, you know, I started this as a volunteer when, you know, again, giving my my experience in volunteering with CASA. And I initially was like, I can work with anybody. And then what I realized over time was, you know, I'm not the best fit for this type of behavior or these sets of issues. People sometimes have trauma triggers as a volunteer that they go, Hey, I had this in my past and working with a child who has had a similar trauma that would make me very nervous because that could trigger me as the volunteer to just, you know, kind of, you know, all of a sudden re-raise a lot of feelings that they've had based on their own past history. So we really do, I'm very impressed with what we do to vet not only the volunteers, but also the families as well and the children. Just a quick, it is kids, your child has to be at least six years of age. And we say it's six to 18, but we typically do not take kids who are 16 as new littles coming in, just because that doesn't give 
them enough time to really kind of develop the relationship with their big as they kind of navigate through high school. And there are certain, and I don't have a list of them, but there are things, certain kids, I think if a child does have, to your point, Mel, a history of violence where they have been outwardly aggressive, that is something that we will not um, take. But also all of that is transparent. And when we are presenting volunteer to child and child to volunteer, we kind of let, here's what the assess, here's what all came up in the assessments. So um, this volunteer, you know, and, and again, it's one of those things we also were very inclusive of LGBTQ community. And so, um, but if you are as, as a volunteer saying, Hey, I'm not comfortable with maybe it's a transgender child or something that is okay. You know, again, that's a different debate if you are, or you aren't, but um, as far as your comfort level of what you want to be matched with and what you, where you feel like you could really be helpful to a child and where a child or parent says, this is what I'm comfortable with, with a volunteer. And there, um, we do our very best to intentionally match those and align those, those values as best we can. So, um, yeah. I was under the impression and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I thought that, uh, big brothers and big sisters only served like at-risk populations i didn't think that anybody can just sign their kid up is that true or false like what are the criteria for a child to be accepted into the program anybody can sign up their child for consideration how about i'll i'll put it phrase it that way because you know now if you're like hey this child has two parent home and you know all hands on deck and they're all in and, and then you're kind of going why are you sending your child up for the program um, that being said, though, uh, you know, like I said, two parents who are both working a lot and don't have time to be home now, like I said, half of our children live in poverty. So that kind of gives you an idea of what the demographic looks like. So as you're asking that, I don't have like the best short, succinct answer for you on that, but it's actually a good question. Yeah. I just assumed that it was a program that not everybody could get into and that it was hard to qualify for. Yeah. So that is not, I'm going to say not necessarily the case. If you are interested and you want to sign your child up. And like I said, it could be, you know, again, a single parent home. And even though they are of means, so to speak from the outside, um, you know, it's mom going, Hey, I have, you know, five kids and, and I just don't have the time and they need just, I feel like a little something extra because there's some sort of a gap in their life that this caring adult who's enrolling them into the program, parent or guardian thinks that they could use a little extra something. And that's awesome. Like we will serve as many kids as we possibly can serve. And we also, as we said, we want it to be a great experience for our kids, our volunteers and the parent guardians of the program. So does that okay, help? Pause kind the of. podcast so Anita can apply real quick. <laughs> there you go. It's true though. You know, that's just it. And what's interesting is, um, you know, I've had, and I've had volunteers kind of say, Hey, I was expecting, you know, like a much different, I guess what you would say, kind of circumstance of like really hard trauma that this child has experienced and like a save know. the children ad. Yes, they, exactly. You know, the starving children in Ethiopia as Ex- we used to have when we were little kids. Exactly. Like something along those lines, you know, we're like, yeah, actually, no, that's not necessarily, you know, the, the criteria for it. We do have 9% of our kids uh, parent has a parent incarcerated. If that gives you also just a little bit of a, of a demographic, we do have a good size refugee population of, of children who are with us. And again, two parent homes and, you know, it's just the, something is going on at school that might be really hard. And the parent goes, I just think they need a little, or the parent and or parents need 
a little something extra, a little somebody extra in their corner, um, championing them. Yeah. I, I was, I guess a little surprised too. Cause I, yeah, I thought it would, uh, when I, you know, when I grew up and would hear advertisements or whatever for big brothers, big sisters, I thought it was like similar to save the children, you know? Um, but yeah, it's true. It seems like there's all, all different kinds of facets to these kids and their families and what they come from. And also like when we are dealing with widow population, us, that you're statistically more prone to be in the poverty level. Anita, so go sign up all your kids. Yeah. I'm going to. Put them on the list. I'm telling you. Yeah. We're going to get on the lung transplant list. It might be three to seven years before <laughs> That's right. any and of them get a new lung. Um, <laughs> quick question. How do you guys feel about children that may or may not run away? From is that fine? <laughs> she has one. Do you have a has, runner? You got a runner. He's getting better. He's getting better, but he ran away from kindergarten like oh, multiple times. He's like, I'm done here, and he would just bolt. He's just out here. So interestingly, I had a match, um, and the it. I'm trying to think. They are not with me anymore. I think we closed. Maybe like the volunteer moved or something like that, but. Um, and that was one of the things was the little was a run. They would go to the park and the the big, the big was younger. So she did not have, you know, much child experience. And so the, mm-hmm. the child would take off running. And so those were our match support calls. And she didn't know how to have that conversation with the mom because she didn't want the mom to feel like, oh, the mom she, knew. Well, that's what I said. <laughs> well, and so that was kind of part of me bridging that communication. Yeah. I go, mom knows like it. Yeah. And also She's I go, it's in the assessment. <laughs> He's a runner. Right. Exactly. And the mom, <laughs> you know, like, and honestly though, after that conversation, the mom had one, you know, again, one conversation because this little loved spending time with his yeah. big and she goes, you run from him again. You're not doing this anymore. And no. that cured that. And now the mom's like, now could somebody do that for me? Because I don't get yeah, to no. say, you're not spending time with me anymore. <laughs> you run away from I me. I quit. If you yeah. run away one more time, I quit. That's it. That's it. With this exactly. But yes. So all sorts of different, different things. And my, I will say this, um, my, my advice to people who are signing up to volunteer is always be okay to be honest about what you feel you can handle and what you feel you cannot. So to your point, Mel, going, I'm not sure about behavior issues, be honest because we want this to be a successful match. And if we feel the volunteer is frustrated or we feel the parent is frustrated or the child is, you know, if it is, if it isn't matched well, it can not go well and that's not fun for anybody. So I remember also when I was having the interviews and also the assessments that I had to fill out, there were so many of the same question uh, about boundaries mm-hmm. and, and the education about boundaries with the parent and with the child, because I know sometimes, you know, maybe if the child comes from a home where there's maybe substance abuse or some, you know, some mental illness or some, uh, you know, some extenuating circumstances like that where where people are in a situation where they're just like i need help i need help i need help they could possibly tend to look at the big or the volunteer as somebody to maybe do some extra stuff to fill spots in their life which they're not ethically able to do and so that was part uh of the assessment that i really appreciated because you know i'm a bleeding heart i want to help everybody and so i I'm glad that uh, the organization kind of you know, talks about that. There's a go between. There's always somebody that you can talk to if you are having a problem with the parent. Obviously, my match has been so great, and there's never been a need for that ever. 
But yeah, so if you are somebody who are similar to me, that's you're like, I am just, I just want to help a kid, hang out with a kid, but I can't deal with like any of that other stuff. Uh, there <laughs> are ways where that can be facilitated and, and it can be a really good experience. One of our policies is that you cannot meet more than once a month, uh, or I'm sorry, more than once a week. So we ask that you meet. Hi, buddy. <laughs> the runner the, has the appeared runner. and I he... Like and now he's he off. Away. <laughs> he's off. Yep. There's always very important questions. It is. They've learned to unpick the lock. So I lock the door and they're like, yeah, we that, don't care. We're coming in it. to talk to you, mom. So the policy is we ask that you meet at least twice a month, but no more than once a week. So two to four times a month is what we say. And that is because, again, that protects our bigs so that suddenly we don't have a parent saying, hey, can you pick my child up after school? Or they really want to join karate. Can you take them to him from karate? Can you, you know, and you suddenly our our volunteer is being um, filling a role that was not intended with the program. We want it to stay, you know, again, we want that safe boundary. Another one is there are no overnights in our program and that protects both our kids and our volunteers for that matter. And um, you are not allowed, our children, our littles are not allowed to bring another person with them on an activity. So one of the things like Mel, your little can be like, my big sister is so cool. And we do the things that are so fun. And she's telling all of her cool friends at school. And they're like, well, we want to hang out with Mel because we hear she's so fun. And suddenly Mel goes to pick up her little and there's five little girls standing there, which Mel would probably be like, okay, <laughs> she's so nice. That actually almost <laughs> happened. And my little's mom had to say, now remember, you know, to my little... <laughs> It's only you and Mel. She can't right. take your friends. That's it. That's oh all we allow. So, and with that, you know, not something too that um, where all these matches have the community base have a match support specialist. So um, we can then reinforce. And I'm fine always saying you can make Rachel the bad guy. Like if if Mel, you want to be the hero, and you go, I would love to, but Rachel. She just makes us stick Rachel to Rachel says no. She's yeah. so mean. And I'm so fine doing that. I have three now. I just, I have twins who just turned 20. So I'm, I've survived teenager years. <laughs> so I'm good. I've been the bad guy for years. I'm used to it. So. I appreciate you with my conflict avoidant self. I appreciate you, that element of it. <laughs> hey, dude. Oh, he can't hear us. Now the runner is here jumping up and down. Something's exciting is happening. I just gave him the iPad. That's like the the <gasps> next step in <laughs> in the goal way. <laughs> in the goal. Go Stay here, but away. That's our thing. Yes. Stay here, but away. That's what I want. So Mel brought this up in the beginning, and I think this is so cool because not only is this a great resource for widowed people with children, but mm. there's also a couple other categories of widows, and that's widows who never had kids, whether that was by their choice or by circumstance. And then we've also got a big group of widows who are empty nesters, who had who raised their kids and now their kids are gone. And something we talk about a lot in widowhood in general is feeling a loss of um, a sense of purpose and a sense of self. Mm. And we know lots of people who have found some of that in volunteering and giving back to the community it it gives you a sense of being useful i just think it's a, a cool opportunity on both sides of of the coin you know either yeah. for accessing services or being able to find a way to give back in a way that 
is controllable almost like Mel was talking about too, um, that there's some parameters and guidelines and expectations that are really clear. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's a framework to it. You know, we ask that our volunteers volunteer. Well, so in the community-based side, again, there's the three different ways to do it. That works best for the volunteer. Um, Community-based, we ask for a minimum of a year, but I have matches who have been matched for eight years, nine years. You know, we do a graduation when they, and then they are, they complete the program when they graduate from a turn 18 and graduate from high school. So um, I was chatting with a little the other day who his big brother, they matched when he turned six. So he was just you know right as soon as he was eligible for the program. And he is 16 now. So they've been matched for 10 years. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, kind of on the annual, when they've been matched for a year, every annual kind of match anniversary, as we'll call it sometimes, which some of my littles don't like that term at all, but I keep using it because it bothers them now. So <laughs> but, but I said, you know, tell me what you would, is if there's anything that you would want to be different or anything that we could do to make this a better experience. And he said, and again, he was matched. He was like age six and a month maybe. And he goes, I just wish I would have met him sooner in my life. Oh, my, oh. <laughs> so that's success. That's what success looks like for us. And then truly it's, you know, if, if, if matches, we call it transcend the program. So sometimes we have bigs who volunteer and sometimes they're college age kids and, and they're, they know that they're going to be applying for medical school in a couple of years. So they go, I know I'll be around for two years and I can commit that, which we're thrilled with. And thank you. And they'll get into medical school and maybe, you know, be off in another state, but they still maintain a relationship. We are not overseeing the relationship anymore, obviously, but it has transcended our program and that is success. And we have, you know, people who will come back who are you know, thirties, forties, who were littles in our program and are still connected to their bigs at this point in time. So, mm-hmm. um, that's success truly for us when we can see that. Yeah. That's interesting because the family that my little is from, like I mentioned before, uh, the oldest kid was the one that started with the program first. And I know that his big is either, retired or retirement age yeah and they have so much fun and i hear you know where it's like hey how's it going with your 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 big or whatever so great we did this 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 uh and and so i i was actually surprised because i didn't i don't know why i was surprised at first i just was like oh yeah i guess any age can volunteer and then i'm 41 so i'm with you know my little and then there's another sibling that they have and that person's big is younger, probably in their twenties, I think. And so, yeah. yeah, So it's interesting because they're all three of us are different ages, different life circumstances, but it seems like everybody has really loved their match on both ends. So it's, I, I, it's a testament to how good of a job you guys do with the vetting and with the matching, because it's not just like, Oh, here's a warm body paired with another warm body that has need. It's like, let's actually find the right fit so we can do the best and help in the best way. Right. And it's interesting for sure. And it's interesting. And again, and that's all part of as a parent or guardian of a child, you can, you know, we will, we will always, we will propose the person to the parent or guardian. We'll say, okay, so we have, you know, this individual, she's 41. She's, you know, widow, like whatever you was revealed in your assessment. And we will, you know, we'll, we'll present that to the child and the parent 
to see if that feels like a good fit. And, you know, again, we ask, we ask religious questions. And again, only because we, you know, like we live in Utah, so we might have, you know, we have a heavy um, LDS population and maybe they want their bigs to be LDS or maybe they do not, you know, or they, you know, if we have a big, who's a light drinker and you could have a parent saying, I don't want my, my um, child's volunteer. And again, never around the child. So that for sure, but you know, just to even know that that's a, one of their, you know, a value or something that is important to them. All of those questions are asked and then presented to the parents so they can make the decision on if that works for them. And then we'll say to the volunteer, here's the child, this is the family circumstances. This is, you know, if there's any sort of um, diagnosis, so to speak, like if, you know, different behavioral diagnosis in there, we will let you know what that is. So then the volunteer can decide if that is something that they feel comfortable with or not. So that is, yeah, it's all. And like you said, and age all, it's all there. So, but you start by saying, this is yeah, I'm fine with any age or, you know, we want a younger little or, and we have some, no, we are younger, well, little and, or the parent volunteer can say, we want a younger big, or we want an older big, you know, we do want something who's a little, somebody who's a little bit older and not a college student or because we feel like they might be here longer. They're more permanently established in their job and family life or things like that. So, um, that's all part of the matching process. I have two questions. Yeah. The first question is, does the parent have any control or say over what the activities are? So say like Mel says to me, and I'm going to, if I, my child was her little, I'm going to take them skateboarding. And I said, no, I don't want them to go skateboarding because they'll break their arm. Like, does the parent get to say no to certain activities? Absolutely. The parent always has final say on, on any activity. And, and for two things with that, number one, um, it's the activity again, what you are or are not comfortable with for sure. You know, you're like, Hey, that's, that's something I'm just not comfortable with. We're not going to do that. Um, but the other thing is we want the little, we want the kids to know what healthy relationships look like. And so with that, we always say to our littles, of course, your parent and your big are going to be talking and deciding on activities. This is going to be all of you discussing it. Um, ideally, and this is, again, sometimes it doesn't always work this way, but ideally what we're saying to our volunteers is first talk to the parent. You know, so again, then you're not making the parent the bad guy. They're like, hey, we're already kind of struggling. And now you're like, I want to take, you know, I'd take you skateboarding. I'll ask your mom. And then mom says no. And you're like, oh, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That worked out really well. So yes, the parent always has absolute say on, on what to do. The only thing we ask parents when it comes to activities is, you know, we say, please don't ever use it as an incentive or a punishment. So Um, you know, if a parent is saying, you know, you're misbehaving at home, you're running away a lot. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. So if you do that again, you cannot go spend time with your big or things like that. You know, we ask that they don't do that because we don't want the relationship to be used that way. But for sure you can say, listen, like you guys have been doing some really fun skateboarding things. Behavior at home hasn't been great. So I'm going to talk with your big and, Maybe we're going to do a library day and not a, you know, a non-fun activity, but something that's a little bit more behavior aware or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So we're going to talk to the big about that um, because really ultimately, you know, you're working as a team with their big and it should never be, you know, in the ideal world. Certainly there's different circumstances sometimes, but that we are all working together for that to, to bring out the best in that child. 
Okay, second question. Who pays for the activities? Is the big the one who is on the hook for that? Oh, so they get to choose if they're just going to the park or if they're going to the the amusement park. (laughs) Yeah, you know, also a great question. And it's something that... um, it's interesting because, and it's the, it's kind of such a cop-out answer we go, cause it kind of works different for everybody. So some of our parents will say from the get-go, I will, they'll pay for it all. They're like, Hey, you guys are going to the movie. I'll buy the movie tickets. Here you go. Some parents go, I, we don't have the funds for it. And so if the big wants to do something that has a financial cost to it, that is on them. And some of our bigs are like, yeah, you know, I'll cover that. And sometimes it's a split between the two. It's like, Hey, but also, um, you know, again, there's another mentoring opportunity for the big with that little to say, okay, yeah, I understand that, you know, this is going to be on me and, or your mom and, or your dad, or what we're going to split this. And so they go, we have, let's say $20 each month and we're going to do four activities. So then you can mentor with the child and say, we're going to put a budget together you and I, and we're going to figure out what works best here for us. And because what kind of a common thing will have happened with some of our younger kids is when they're with their big, they're going after everyone. Can we go get food? Can we go get ice cream? Can we go get a tree? Can we get sugar? You know, something along those lines. And the bigs are like, they're so nice. And I mean, they're always kind, but nice in the beginning. Cause you know, you just want to say yes. And you just want this to be fun, but it's and then not they're broke. Sweet. <laughs> I have to learn to say no. <laughs> yep, and then you have to learn to say no because that's not sustainable sustainable financially and we can't do candy every time. That can't be what our, you know. Our <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so funny because my little, for the first five times, she just wanted to go to Burger King and get all of the treats Burger she's King. ever wanted to get. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. I know. And so, you know, of course, like the first few times, sure, we could do that. And then, and she is at the age where her mom's teaching her about money. And here's a debit card that only has this much money on it. Let's learn how to do, you know, how to make sure you're not overspending what you don't have. And so that's been an element of things. We have done a lot of free activities, but she also happens to love roller skating and which is like 10 bucks. And so which great match, who would have known? (laughs) And (laughs) we do that a lot. Uh, There are some free things that we've done. Uh, She was at the age where she could get the free ski pass for fifth and sixth graders last year. So I already had a ski pass. So it worked out that nobody but the parent, you know, I think her dad bought her the it was like 50 bucks or something for that sixth grade ski pass. Mm -hmm. So we went and did that one time. Um, Then there was a time where I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit more financially strapped. Is there a way that maybe you could meet me in the middle here or we could do a free thing or, you know, so it's, it's really been very negotiable for all parties, I would say. Um, And, and it's interesting too, because the way that we've done it is my little and I, we talk about what might be fun but then we're also on a group text with her mom so that that way everybody's in the loop. And the mom's like, yeah, I check my kids' phone all the time. So like, even if they forget to tell me, like I will be in their phone looking and I'll see. And sometimes it's funny cause she's like, yeah, you need to be less bossy to your big because you're kind of like getting out of control. Cause mine has a spunky personality, which is super fun and I'm pretty chill. So it's kind of hilarious. So um, yeah, but it's like, it's pretty flexible, it seems, and it it's, works for everybody. Yeah. I just have to say this because it's so funny. I think one of the first activities you did with your little, you went skiing and you got home and you were like, Anita, she just kept saying, 
watch this, watch this, watch this. And then she handed me everything here. Hold this, hold this, hold this. And I was like, that's parenthood Mm -hmm. in like five second explanation. Watch me do this thing that is not impressive. Right. Keep watching me do it. And then hold all of my crap. I was like, yep, that's basically it. Yes. And then buy me lunch. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Burger King. It's so funny because, you know, she'll, she'll get excited and be like, one day we should do this when I'm old enough and we should go here and go on this trip and this and that. And I'm like, awesome. I go, here's what you need to know. I'm a really awesome, fun aunt, but I'm not very responsible. So you have to hold your own things. Those are the rules. One day when you're an adult, you can travel with me, but like you carry your own stuff and you have to be probably responsible for me. And she's like, got it. (laughs) <laughs> i'm on it so i'm like yeah i was like anita how do you what i don't want to hold people's things no she's like oh mel you don't even know <laughs> that's all you do and, then, and anita to your point and then and then video it like watch me and yeah. video because you, you, oh, yeah. we're gonna watch this on it's not hard enough to watch you doing oh, it now, oh, now we have to we're, watch video of it. we're making a youtube channel because we're gonna be a youtuber and we're gonna make a million dollars well that's been one this. of ours too Mm-hmm. she said and yeah. you're like no i'm <laughs> like i'll edit with you but you can go do the marketing right this is the, <laughs> right this is well so kind of looping back to this big futures program where i sit so i'm working with you know a lot of our kids who are high school age and again what so what's the plan what are we hoping to do and there's a handful where it's social media and youtube and influence and so you know i kind of go well So let's take a business class in high school. Like, let's start with that because that is a component of if that is what you end up wanting to do. But it's certainly that is not unusual for our kids this day, this day and age. Because it looks so easy, right? It looks just easy to just Mm -hmm. get a video to go viral and we're millionaires. So, yeah. Oh, one thing, Rachel, and you have way more knowledge about this than me. I know from time to time you'll email us and you'll say, hey, there's some a group of free tickets for whatever. So tell us what about that. Yeah. So that, so good. That is another thing kind of, and also needed your question. So, and again, I've been with big brothers, big sisters for six years. And the person that we have now in charge of, it's called stewardship is fantastic. Her name's Carrie Ann Atkin. And she is the one who um, arranges all these, we call them low, no cost activities. So for example, we have coming up our winter activity and that's everybody who is in our program is invited to come to that with their littles. And it's going to be a big like craft night and hot cocoa. We've done corn maze nights. We've done, um, we did a big family barbecue this summer where we invited families as well. And, and that one is always fun because um, kids who are on our waiting list are invited. And then, and especially like if you have a sibling, so to Mel's point with the family that she's working with her little, um, she was on the waiting list and they have a young, the younger brother was on our waiting list. Cause again, boys wait longer typically. Um, and he was on the waiting list for a really long time. So he sees his older brother and sister go do fun activities with their bigs and he's kind of home and sad. So we do have a barbecue in the summer where families get to go as well. And even if the, the children are not associated with our program, they can come with us. And then, um, so we just had some, I'm trying to think Disney on ice tickets. We've had jazz tickets a big one that we had this summer was we were um we the nba all-star game was in town and lebron james picked big brothers big sisters of utah as his designated charity and so i say whether you are a lebron fan or not i am however some are not because of some of his he 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 gave us a ton of money because he named us the charity for um that he designated for his team for the nba all-star game so that was a lot of fun 
as well. And several of our kids got to go and participate in that. And then there's just other little, you know, whatever we can do along the way. Um, we have a big, a uh, huge donor right now who just is donating gift baskets to all of our families. So if your family's associated on the little side, Mel, that's why you didn't, didn't ask you about, but um, Bummer. <laughs> so okay. I know, sorry. So for our families though, that they're all getting um, gift baskets from this really generous donor that we have. So there are quite a bit of opportunities like that more than I've seen in my time here. And that's, that's a big credit to our person who's organizing that right now. Well, this all sounds great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, I, you know, here's what I like. I have worked in, again, started my career in corporate America. I won't go over my resume again. However, <laughs> I started my career in corporate America. I've worked in the legal system with volunteering. I've worked in education. Um, and I can say consistently, I work with the nicest people. Like truly the people I work with at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, they all are in it for the right reasons. I mean, it is, it is, it, it impresses me, you know, of, you know, we're always trying to find, you know, again, be the latest standard of child safety, but also child development and how we can support families. And it always comes from such a good place. And um, I, I'm nothing short of always impressed by the people who I work with. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited for this on this side for the widowed parents because we're desperate. <laughs> and to have to have more adult influence, like good, strong, you know, have a good influence on our kids and to take some of that stress off of ourselves. And then on the flip side of that, to have, you know, people who can um, volunteer with the organization. It just sounds like a win-win win win and maybe you get to go see disney on ice so. and maybe that's in there yeah well and you know what and and i i i agree with that and i here's the thing i know that it's hard to ask for help like if i've seen anything in this life i think that it is hard for people to ask for help and that's what makes me even admire more the families who and some of it it comes from my perspective where again as casa we're in there because nobody wants us and the courts have mandated it but i know that somebody has kind of had the courage to ask for help and say, Hey, especially for parents to ask for help. You know, that is, I think that takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. So on that side, um, but then also on the flip side for the volunteers, what is it? There's a Gandhi quote that is, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. And I think that that's another way to kind of find who you are is, is by that is helping other people. So, um, that those are my two pearls for the day. <laughs> Where can people go to get more information? Yeah, so our website is BBB, and I always forget to be BBBSU.org. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Utah.org, BBBSU.org is the best way to go. And you'll see there's two buttons there's get a big or be a big. And so that's your volunteer or um, or if you are interested in sign enrolling your children to start that process as well take a look at that. So, and then Mel has my number. I'm always happy to help or answer questions. Like we, we want people to feel good about it and, and see if it's the right fit for them as well. And Mel is obviously a resource because she's got a great experience as being a big too. So what about another state? Should, should they just Google big brothers, big sisters, whatever your state is? Yes. Yes, exactly. So I know like California has several because you have like big brothers, big sisters of orange County and you have Big Brothers Big Sisters of Utah just has the one, and we do. We have, um, we have an office in St. George. We have an office in Park City, and then our main office is in downtown Salt Lake. But yes, other states have their own. Yes, and if you go to the Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, 
So just Google that and you'll find um, one that is hopefully in, you know, serves in the area that, that you live. We will link to the things that we know about in the show notes. So you can check that out. And Rachel, we have one final question for you. Okay. So important. Yeah. Okay. Take a breath okay. because you have to summon all of your knowledge from all Put of your monitoring. Thinking hat on. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite cheese? Oh, I'm so boring. I, so, oh no. What is the new, it's, I feel it's new and it's not, but I just was introduced to it. It starts with a B. What is the new, is it burrata? Oh, burrata is a cheese. It's not new, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's new to me. I need it. It's, it's new to delicious. Me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I was on a trip with some girlfriends from college and they are all acting mm. very sophisticated about the burrata cheese. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And then I had some and I thought, you were oh, immediately yeah. sophisticated too. She was like, I felt sophisticated and gray I poupon. Yeah. And then I came back to Utah and I wanted to tell everybody, you guys, there's this new cheese out there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. I hope that everybody listening will uh, act on what they've heard and get some help or help somebody else today. I think it's a great thing. So, uh, if you want to join the Widow Wives Club, come do it. It's on Facebook. It's our private group. Just make sure you answer all the questions. If you would like to support the podcast so that we can keep going, go to patreon.com slash WWDN. If you want to buy us tacos and maybe some burrata cheese to go on those tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. Or if you don't don't want to do any of those things, please write us a review. That's nice. Not one that says that we're the worst ever. <laughs> And give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Till we get to talk to you again. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. I'm Rachel. We are two young widows and one non-widow who is doing amazing work and has so many bees in her name on the Zoom. But it's okay. We're all just trying to figure out widow. We do now. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you tell me what is it one of my favorite things i do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs this is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan especially when you're a widow your person is dead you might have kids you might need another option and you just want your phone to work you want unlimited texting and service and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month it blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So. If somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.